Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Hope of New Life, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on May 27th, 2018. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. You excited to be here? Yay! Well, I want to start by saying happy Memorial Day weekend. I want to acknowledge those that have given for our country and acknowledge those that are amongst us, among us that have served our country faithfully. Can we give God a hand for those that have <laughs> paid the price? There are many here in this room that uh, have served in our armed forces and many that have given their lives that we know and love and cherish uh, for our country. And it's something that we, we should really remember all the time is that when, when people make that commitment to serve our country, they're actually making that commitment to serve you and I because they go out in defense of, of what we believe in. This country was, was founded on uh, the Christian values that we have here in our community. And so we're very grateful for all those that have served, those that, that do currently serve, and we just want to honor them this weekend and say thank you. And uh, after the service, we're going to go have some pizza and celebrate that together. That sound good? All right, good deal. Well, we're going to wrap up our current series, The Heart of Hope. We're in the book of Romans, and if you would grab your Bibles, uh, turn to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to kind of go through most of the verses here in this chapter, not all of them, but we're going to look at a few because the heart of what God is doing is giving us a hope, a hope for a future, a hope for today, a hope that, that we would share with the world around us and help others see that this Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, has come. He's come so that we could have hope, so that we could have eternal life. You know, this life, it actually brings a lot of hardships, a, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. A lot of it is uncontrolled, you know, things that we can't control um, uh, on our own. Uh, but a lot of it is, is self-inflicted. A lot of it is things that we do, the mistakes that we make, uh, the choices that we choose to pursue, the things that we decide to focus on. And uh, Jesus came so that we would know that, that he loves us. He loves us right where we stand. No matter the brokenness, no matter the hurt, no matter the sin, he, he loves us. And we can count on that fact that Christ loves us, can't we? Can we say amen to that? Amen. That, that Jesus loves us. And he, he showed that love by dying on a cross. He paid a price that, that you and I cannot pay. And we've discovered that more so as we went through the book of Romans here. As it tells us about our salvation. It tells us about the sanctification, the way God wants to change us. It tells us that, that we discover righteousness, goodness through the God that is only righteous and good. And he sees us through Jesus. He sees us even in the in the ugliness and the murkiness that we see in our, ourselves he sees us through the eyes of Jesus and we are beautiful to him we are fearfully and wonderfully made and so we have so much to to thank God for and praise God for if you would turn with me back to chapter one real quick because I want us to kind of look at these opening verses that Paul gives us in the book of Romans as a reminder of the heart of hope that we've been given and then he says something very specific in this passage as he opens up this letter in the book of Romans starting in verse 3 he says concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead Jesus Christ our Lord 
through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And then he ends this, he says this, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this week, as I was looking at that, I just kind of got focused in on that one little verse there, one little portion there where he says, grace to you and peace from God. And then I started thinking about the world around us and how, how this world does not have peace, does it? You know, you look at lives, you, you look at relationships, you look at our community, our world, and there's this, this divisiveness going on. There, there's this aspect in our relationships where, where we're divided. See, we don't have the peace that God desires for us. You know, think about this for your own life. Are, are you living in peace right now? Do you have peace? Are, are you a part of creating peace in our world today? So I think that this question is an important question for us to answer and to kind of think about as we look at Romans chapter 12 this morning. And it's because the only way that we can truly have this peace is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Right? The only way that we can experience the peace that God offers us is through this relationship, this unity in Christ, this oneness that God offers each and every person that he's created. But it's up to us to take that. It's up to us to pursue that and seek after that. See, it's a peace from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, right? When we, we don't have peace, we're anxious about things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful piece of scripture? Isn't that a wonderful thing to rest in and to remind ourselves? To be anxious about nothing, but in all things, get into the presence of God. Seek after the mighty God and submit your request to him. And he'll give you the peace, the peace that'll just blow our minds. That'll just cause us to wonder, why didn't I do this before? See, it's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful reminder. And could you only imagine if you and I would live our lives every day with this reminder, every day doing what God tells us to do, that we would serve him and live for him in the way that he's called us to and the way he shows us that we should live? See, it would definitely be a new life. We definitely would make a difference in the world around us. I think our world would be more at peace if you and I did that. And this passage that we have in front of us in Romans chapter 12 is kind of a reminder of this new life that God has called you and I into. See, he's given us this salvation. He's shown us his righteousness, his goodness, and he tells us that he wants to change us into the people that he created us to be. And it's a new life. The old is gone, the new has come, and God has a life that he wants us to live for his glory and not for our own. And so we're going to take a look at this passage and discover 
how we can apply it to our lives. To take what we have learned over the last couple of months and actually apply it to who God wants us to be. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, this morning, as we bow our hearts to you, as we bow our heads to you, Father, as we come to worship you, Lord, search our hearts. Search our minds. Lord, we pray that you would remove any distractions that might be filling our minds and our conscience right now that that are, are in the way of just bringing ourselves to you, Father. Lord, I I pray that this morning that your spirit would just open our eyes, open our minds, and open our hearts to the things that you have for us, Lord. There's so much here. There's so much that you've offered us, so much that you've given, Father. And and we're here this morning to, to worship you and to praise you and to give you thanks and to open up your word so that, that we might know you, so that we might know the life that you have for us. Father, I pray that this morning we would not only be hearers of your word, Father, but we would be doers of your word. Lord, I thank you for every person that, that has ever given their life. Your word tells us there's no greater love than that, that a man would lay his life down for another. Lord, the love that you showed us through your son, Jesus Christ, by allowing him to lay his life down for each and every one of us is a reminder of the calling that you've given us, the calling that you've placed on every believer's life, Father. And so this morning, Lord, we surrender to you. We look to you and we ask that you would guide us. We love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, the first two verses, Paul gets right into it and he says this. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect see these two verses they sum it up sum it all up for us see we have to be willing to sacrifice ourselves for all that God wants to do in our lives see God wants to work not only in you but he wants to work through you but you have to be willing to surrender you have to be willing to to sacrifice your bodies as this living sacrifice in obedience to God see God simply he wants you to become a servant God wants you to serve him in the ways that he can use you to glorify himself to help others know who he is See, he's asking us to change the way that we see ourselves and to serve him and to serve others. It truly is a new life. It's a different life than this world teaches and preaches to us on a daily basis. I don't know about you guys, but I I love motivational quotes, right? I I love looking at them. I I follow them and I read them and I try to apply a lot of these motivational quotes to my own life. But what I've kind of come to learn more and more as I read through a whole bunch of these things, it's very self-centered, It's very self-righteous. It's what the world preaches. But see, God has a different life for you and I. God God wants us to live something different. And that's why in in verse 3, it tells us that we are to serve selflessly. 
See, our service isn't about us, it's about God. It's about others. And it's not about me. In verse 3 he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think like this, to think with a sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. See, what he's telling us here is that service isn't about you. Yes, you have a gift. Yes, you have a talent. Yes, you are good. You are strong and you are fill in the blank. But you know what? It's not for you or about you. It's about the glory of God. And I, th- I think in our humanity, even as, as Christians, we, we kind of lose sight of that, that our strengths and our gifts and our abilities and the things that we can do aren't to elevate our own self, but it's to elevate and lift up the body of Christ. You know, when we, when we sweep him off the bathrooms, we, we, we do it for others. You know, when, when we serve out in the community and we, and we have barbecues and we, we have outreach events and do things in the communities, it's not for us. It's not so people can say, hey, Floyd is awesome. He's so cool. He can cook a hamburger. <laughs> no. It's so that maybe the glory of God would shine through us. And that as we boast, we boast on God. We boast on Jesus Christ. See, he reminds us here that we are to serve selflessly and not selfishly. But you know what? That takes humility. That that takes sacrifice. It takes a willingness to surrender to God and to surrender to others, to bow before God so that we can humbly serve one another. Can I tell you what? For us in our humanity, it's just hard at times. See, but we have to change our mindset. If we want peace in this world, if we want peace in our relationships, if we want peace in our community, if we want peace in the church, then we've got to change our mindset a bit. And we've got to remind ourselves that it's not about us, it's about God. Or else we won't ever live in peace. We won't ever have peace. And we will never see peace. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And then he says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. See, that's what brings about peace when we're kind to one another. That's serving selfishly is when we're tender-hearted and we're willing to forgive each other. And as God forgave us. You know, a great passage to look at. We won't turn there, but in James chapter 4, it kind of reminds us of where all this bitterness and this slander and this anger comes from. It comes from our passions, our own desires. And he says that it's because we don't have and yet we don't ask. See, we become selfish. We become self-centered. And there's moments when we just feel like, well, why about me? Why not me, God? How come I don't have that? Or how come I don't get to do that? Or why didn't they ask me to do this? Yeah, it's a mindset. And he's telling us here very specifically to change that mindset. And the reality is that that service 
it comes with a price. It, it comes with sacrifice. You know, those that have served in our military, I, I, I haven't. And I can't speak other than what I've heard. But I tell you what, they sacrifice. They've given up. And not only the, the men and women, but their spouses and their children have sacrificed so that others can have, so that you and I can have. And that's what the Bible teaches us as believers to do for one another. Is that we give so that others can have. We serve so that others can have. And it's this willingness, this, this commitment to be fully surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father. And as we do that, will help to, to love one another, to encourage one another. And I love what he says here in our next step. Because if we do the first, we'll do the following. And that is just serve faithfully. Because yeah, serving is hard. And in moments we don't get glory. And in moments we don't get a praise. And sometimes we don't get a thank you. But listen to what he says here in verses 9 through 11 about serving faithfully. He says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. See, there are several action steps that he's given us here. He's telling us to love sincerely. He says, hate evil. If it's wrong, don't do it. Do what is right. And then he says to be excited about this life. Be excited about this new life that God has given us. Be enthusiastic to come on Sunday mornings and serve others and to walk with others and to encourage others. Be excited to come to your small group and be a part of all that God is doing within your community and those that God has placed around you to encourage you so that you might encourage others. Be excited to go into your workplace and share the love and the faith and the hope that Jesus Christ is giving you. We should have this zeal about this life that God has given us. See, and these things, the love sincerely, the hate evil, to do what's right, to be excited about this life, these are important things that should be a part of every believer's life, every single day. See, we have to think about these things. We have to do these things. And we have to encourage each other to take the steps towards these things. See, this is what he means when he says that we are to gather together to stir each other up in faith, to encourage each other, to, to help each other to be excited about what God's doing. Because when I hear about what God's doing in your life, man, that excites me. When I hear about all the great things that, that you've experienced in Christ, all the tough moments, that excites me. Yes, those, those tough moments do excite me. And they should. We should excite each other because we realize in those very moments that we have one another. That we have each other to go and, 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 and persevere in this lifetime. And to discover all that God has for us. You know, one of the, one of the gentlemen that I listen to, one of the pastors, his name is John Piper. I listen to him every now and then. I've read a, quite a few of his books. But there's this one little song that I like to listen to from a, another group. And anyways, all that to get to that is that John Piper does this little sermonette within the song. And he reminds us that the pain and the hurt and all the things that we'll deal with in our lifetime is meaningful. Do you hear that? 
it's meaningful. It's not meaningless. That in everything that we go through, everything that we experience, there is purpose. And in obedience, when we walk with God, we'll discover that purpose. We'll discover the meaning behind it. And we may not realize it today in the midst of it. But God will show us and he'll teach us and he'll remind us of the things that he has for us together. See, these are important things for you and I to encourage each other with, to share each other with. See, sometimes we make the mistake of focusing too much on the investment. We get tired in our service. We, we focus too much on the investment. But I, I want to challenge us this morning to stop focusing on the investment, but focus on the return. See, because the Bible promises us something very specific. As we invest in one another, as we invest in this life to, to build God's kingdom, God promises us some very specific things. How, how many of us, and you don't have to raise your hand, how many of us have, have, are saving for retirement, right? A lot of us do that. We're on a financial plan maybe, you know, and if you're not, then come see Jeff and, and Joe and Melissa. They'll, they'll teach you how to get on that plan, you know. We save, right, for our future. We look forward to something. And right now we invest with a hope of something. And usually that's retirement. And we're too old to spend it anyways. We can't go anywhere because we can't move, right? <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> should we do it the opposite way? But as, as believers, what we should be doing is we should be investing for eternity. We should be pouring our resources, our time, our energy, and our love for eternity to build God's kingdom. Because we know that, that this life is short, this life is temporal. But we know God's kingdom is eternal, it's forever. And we're reminded at the beginning of the book of Romans that we have this salvation that's been given us to us. It's eternal life that you and I have as believers in Christ. And we get to live it for all of eternity. So we should be saving for eternity. Listen to what he says in James chapter 1, verse 12. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who who love him. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I just could, can't imagine what it's going to be like to be in heaven. To spend all of eternity in God's glory, in his presence. I guarantee it's going to be way better than here. <laughs> but you and I, we have to be steadfast. We have to serve faithfully. See, it should be our goal to serve well. We should seek to be faithful in our service because we know the one that we serve. We know the heart of God. We understand what God is doing and there's always purpose in everything that God does. Well, the last thing that we see here in verses 16 through 18, and this is so important, and we're gonna get into this into our next series and we're gonna talk more about a lot of this as the church, as the body of Christ, but we should serve, serve in unity. Life was meant to be lived together. God didn't create one person. God created a whole lot of people. And he intended us to serve in unity. Verse 16 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one 
evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. See, we are the body of Christ. And if we don't serve in harmony, we will never go anywhere. We will never see this peace that God has offered us. We will never experience the peace that God has promised us. Just like a body, if, if one part doesn't move, the whole body doesn't go anywhere. See, we need the church, every member to do its part. We need to work in unison together. See, the, when the church works in unity, miracles happen. God is glorified and the world is changed. And we, we see this happen in the Acts of the Apostles, right? In the book of Acts. We see how the church begins to move together, how the church begins to serve together to glorify God, and it changes the world around them. See, you and I have to make the commitment to serve Jesus in a way that shows the world that we are united in Christ, even when times get hard and we just don't want to. So I know those moments will come. I just don't feel like it. I just don't want to. We have to put our feelings aside and we have to love sincerely and we have to hate what is evil and we have to do what is right. Romans 15 verse 5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together, and I would circle that if I were you, you may, be, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? He said together with one voice. Together in unity. See, it comes down to this. God created you and I with a purpose. He chose us to become his children. He knew us before he shaped and created the heavens and the earth. And he's given us everything that we need. We have it all. We are blessed. God has given to us. We just have to move towards this new life and take the steps of service and humility to glorify God. And if we do so, it's reflective of a life of surrender, being a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And I guarantee you, the moment we begin to do that, life won't be perfect but we will live in peace. We will experience the peace that God has for us. See, and that's the life that God desires for you and I. The world around us could be falling apart, which it is, but because we walk in Christ, because we walk together as the body of Christ, we have this peace that, yeah, it's hard to understand where it comes from and why we have it, but we can trust in the fact that it comes from God and he's given it to us because we're his children and because he loves us deeply. See, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And Christ is the lead pastor. And as the lead pastor, we have to follow him. We have to seek after honoring and glorifying him with our lives. We have to serve selfishly. Selflessly, excuse me. We, ha we have to serve faithfully. And we have to serve together, united in Christ for his glory, whether in word or deed, all for the glory of God. Amen to that? 
I want to close with this last passage in Romans chapter 15. This is my prayer for us as the church. This is Paul's prayer. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And we know that the heart of hope is Jesus Christ. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through him. And this free gift that he offers us, this offer of salvation to being saved from our sins is given to us because he loves us, because he cares about us, and he wants to draw us into this relationship with him. But it's up to you and I to be willing to surrender, to sacrifice, to serve, and to give up ourselves so that God might be glorified. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for another day. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for the grace that you reveal to us daily, the love that you show us, even when, Father, we don't feel loved, even when we don't feel like we deserve to be loved. Father, we just, we thank you. Lord, the breath that we breathe is your breath. The life that we live is your life. Lord, this morning as we come into your presence, we do so in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, we ask that you would guide our lives, Lord. That you would show us the things that you have for us, Lord. And that we would be faithful. That we would be humble. Lord, that we would honor you and glorify you in the way that we live. Father, and as we live this life, Lord, as, as our bodies are living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you, Father, that others might know that you might be glorified, that people might see the love and the hope and the faith that you've given us. Lord, there are many around us, many in our world today that just don't know you, don't want to walk with you, don't understand the greatness of your love and your glory, Father. But Lord, as, as your hands and your feet, Father, I pray by the power of your spirit that you would move us. Lord, that, that we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have this, this apathy that we see happening so often, so much around us, Lord, that, but that we would have a zeal, a fervent zeal, a fire and an excitement for this life that you've given us, Lord, that we would share it with the world around us, that we would be bold in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, that we sh would never be ashamed of this gospel. Lord, because we know and we trust that it is your power. It is your power unto salvation, Lord. And as we share this hope, as we share our faith, as we share our love, Lord, that others would come to know you. Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the love and the grace that you show us. Lord, and we pray that you would bless us and guide us as we take steps towards loving and encouraging one another as the body of Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com 
At SoRio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.